post Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful week to think of this. And so this morning, I want to use a short time. I'm sure many of you were very glad when Matthew said you can sit down. It's like, why? And a stand the whole day. So you're going to get a 10, 15 minute time to sit now as I as I talk with us, as as we try to see, is there a case to be made for corporate thanks, thanksgiving, thankfulness in our lives? And so we're going to look at a passage of scripture in Psalm 40 this morning. Let me pray before we start. God, thank you so very much for this day. Thank you for the way that we have already just been able to declare who you are, your victory over sin, your victory over death, your righteousness for us, the fact that we can be free and forgiven because of you. Oh, Lord, we are a blessed people. We are a thankful people. Help us now as we look at your word, Lord, um, to make much of you in this passage. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Catherine Mansfield was a prominent New Zealand modernist short story writer. She lived in the 1800s, late 1800s, and through the beginning of the 1900s. But Catherine Mansfield did not know God. Because of health reasons, she moved to Switzerland And while living there, she found herself rejoicing in the crisp mountain air and in the beauty of the Alps. She wrote to a friend, If only one could make some small grasshoppery sound of praise. Thanks to someone. But who? This morning we're going to take a look at the first 10 verses of Psalm 40, and I hope to answer that question that she asked, but who? And as we delve into this, I believe that we will answer that question, to whom can we make some small grasshoppery sound of praise? And that is to our God, a merciful, kind, forgiving, reconciling, loving, and saving God. So read with me, if you have your Bibles with you, Psalm 40, the first 10 verses, please. To the choir master, a psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. 
Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is written within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverances within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Verses 1 through 3 is an example for us. It is a kind of a life pattern that we see in David's lives, and it is a pattern that sometimes is present in our lives, and it serves for us as a life lesson as we look at six different stages in David's life as he is going from desperation and depression to thankfulness. And I'm going to go through these six very quickly. David is in a pit of destruction. We see that in verse 2. We don't know what David's pit of destruction was. It does not say. What we do know, because it's called a pit of destruction, is that it was a dark and desolate and helpless and abandoned place. Not very different from the dark and abandoned and desolate and desperate place that many of us often found our, find ourselves in. Those places where we feel utterly helpless, where desperation seems to be normal, and where fear and depression often threatens to ruin life that we like so much. This is where David finds himself. And we see his example of what he does in that place, crying to the Lord. So crying out to the Lord, as David shows us, is a sign of dependence. It says, Lord, I cannot, but you can. It says, I cannot trust in myself. I can trust in you. I will not trust in man to help me out of this pit. I will trust in you. Crying to the Lord. He does a second thing. He waits patiently for the Lord. Again in verse 1. David waited patiently for the Lord. We do not know how long David waited, but we do know what he waited for. He waited for the Lord. Interesting that this does not say, I have waited to be rescued from my, and then fill in the blank, whatever it is that his pit of destruction was. He did not say, I want a specific outcome. David said, I wait patiently for the Lord. And we have to ask, why is it? How can we say he waited for the Lord? Well, the fact is David knew a couple of things. He knew that the Lord was sovereign. He knew that the Lord was faithful. He knew that the Lord was able to help him. And he knew that the Lord's plans for him are good. And so what he was saying is, while I am in this pit where I am in now, if the Lord would show up, that would be enough. I will not dictate to him what it looks like to help me in this pit. And this is what you and I can do, friends. When we find ourselves in this pit, we can wait. If you know waiting is a part of life. But the way that we wait patiently and what we wait for the Lord, those things are indicators of whether we believe that God is sovereign and good and able. And if we do believe that, we can wait 
to the Lord. And when he shows up in our pit, he will be enough for us. We then see God drawing drawing David out of the pit. It is deliverance. And as a, as a result of that deliverance, in, we see in verse 3, God puts a new song in David's heart. You see, the redemption results in rejoicing. Redemption results in rejoicing. And when God helps David out of his pit, there is rejoicing that is a result of that. There is a striking result that is a result of the rejoicing again. And we see in the second part of the third verse, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. It's an amazing verse, church, when we look at this. Through the deliverance of our pit of destruction, God's aim is not only to help us and to benefit us, but it is also to benefit those who hear our witness of God's goodness in our lives. Our experience of God's mercy can lead others to rejoicing in the Lord. And that's what should happen. When we rejoice, they will rejoice. That's what the scripture here tells us. Then in verse 5, we see these words. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them. What an example for us, David, is that he will proclaim and tell of them. But I can hear softly somebody whispering in their own heart this morning, one day I will do this. One day when I have cried out to the Lord and he heard me and he rescued me and I'm not in my pit of destruction anymore, that day I will proclaim and tell. But for now I am still stuck right here in my pit of destruction. And my friend, I want to say to you that if you are in that pit today waiting patiently for the Lord, crying out to Him, and you have not seen your deliverance yet, I want to tell you that if you are a Christian, realize that from your darkest, most desperate, and most helpless pit, namely your sinful state before a holy God, you have already been redeemed. He already helped you out of that pit. And not to make light of the suffering that we go through here on earth, but there is no pit we find ourselves in here that even compares remotely with that pit we were in before God helped us. David, again, is our example on how to respond to God's deliverance. Listen to a couple of things that he says in verses 9 and 10. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. This is interesting because it has distinctive corporate overtones. I, will, I will, have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Not only will I do this one-on-one, not only will I do this with my family, but in the great congregation I have told the glad news of deliverance. Corporate. 
I have not restrained my lips. I have not hidden your deliverance in my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. If you are a Christian and you have had your sins forgiven, then you have great reason to be thankful and to rejoice and to proclaim and to tell. Colossians 1 and verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. What great news, church. This passage makes it clear that our thankfulness should find expression. It should find expression in us telling, not restraining our lips, not hiding it in our hearts, not concealing it, but proclaiming the thankfulness in our hearts for what God has done for us day by day. I loved what Matthew said this morning. We did not once need salvation. We need it every day. We feel it every day. His salvation is as true today as it was the day that you came to Christ. If you are not a Christian, I want to tell you that there is a God who gave his son to die on a cross for you. He did that for you so that you can confess your sins before him and so that he will gladly give you salvation. So that you can rejoice in the work that he has done for you. If you are not a Christian, I beg of you, don't leave today. Don't leave here today without a reason to rejoice. Rejoice in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross. For us as, a, as Christians, we need to proclaim. We need to ask the question, why? why do we need to proclaim our thankfulness corporately? Well, because of what Christ has done for us could not be done any other way. You and I could not help us out of the pit of sin even if we wanted to. No man, no church, no pastor could help us. Only the work of Christ on the cross could help us out of our pit. That is reason to rejoice in his goodness. Because there is no greater news than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because there is no greater redemption than the redemption of sin. And there is no greater joy than a Christian tasting the joy of the redemption of Jesus Christ. Because many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord, according to verse 5. Because God will receive the glory when we proclaim what he has done in our lives. Catherine Mansfield wished she could make some small grasshoppery sound of praise. Church, we can make a loud, resounding praise because we have what she did not have, the redemption of our sins. We can praise our mighty God day by day for what he has done in our lives. We should shout this from the mountaintops. As Psalm 100 says, For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. Praise His mighty name. 
And so you will agree with me, church, that on a day like today and in a week where we celebrate Thanksgiving, we have much to be thankful for. We have much in terms of practical life things to be thankful for. We have the redemption that Christ gave freely, the righteousness that we got because of him to be thankful for. And so I think it is just right for us as a church to come together and to do the words what this passage says, proclaim and tell. And so what we're going to do today is what we have done in the past. We have a mic up here, and I am going to invite you to come up and to do that. Proclaim and tell. Proclaim and tell your thankfulness of what God is doing and has done in your life. This is not something for adults only. If you're a child and you are thankful for what God has done in your life, Please come up here and let us glorify the Lord by proclaiming and telling corporately about what he has done in our lives. And as we do that, let us pray that he will get much glory from what we do here this morning. So I invite you now, come, come to this mic and proclaim and tell.